When I first started my career in the fire service, we used to use paper reports that had carbon copies that we had to file and keep records of. Now, things are different. Everything's pretty much digital, and we don't use nearly the amount of paper or ink that we used to. Even though things have changed, we still need to be rock stars when it comes to our documentation. If it doesn't get documented, it never happened, right? Have you guys ever heard that? So why would we slack when it comes to our documentation? In today's episode, I'll share a system with you that will add value, and if you implement it, it'll help you build trust and introduce consistency into your documentation systems, making your reports a leading example of professionalism. It was 2005 when I got hired on as a full-time firefighter EMT working for a small rural fire department that not only offered fire protection, but EMS services as well. And not only that, transportation with or for those EMS services. There was a lot of things going on in this little district, and I loved it. Thinking back, it still kind of blows my mind that 2005 was 17 years ago. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, when I started, we used paper reports and we had to write legibly. We had to make sure to fit our narrative all within a limited writing area. And we had to make sure that we documented the important things that not only made sure that we kept ourselves out of the courtroom, but that we did write by our patients. There's a lot to be said for the power of the written word. It showcases our ability to communicate through our writing and our ability to document things appropriately as professionals. Now, I was trained under some really amazing paramedics, and I was trained by some really lazy and sloppy paramedics, which gave me a good uh, spectrum to look at and pick and choose the things that I wanted to adopt and take into my, to my practices. And even though they've been doing the job for years, they didn't necessarily take pride in what they did. I'm talking about the lazy ones, uh, especially when it came to documenting their work. In fact, some of them told me, quote, the fewer words you put in your reports, the less you can get sued for. So <laughs> this guy's reports, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you this, guys, would sound like this. Ready? Patient called 911. Patient was taken to ER for help. That's it. <laughs> does that sound like the report of someone who cares about what he does? Does it sound like he's passionate or takes pride in what he does? No, not at all. And yet I heard people sing this guy's praises at, as if he was like the paragod, the guy to look up to and like, oh, that's the guy I would want taking care of my family. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, uh, if this was the attention to detail that he gave to his report, can you imagine the detail he gave or didn't give 
to his patients. And I, I witnessed this like firsthand. I saw, I saw that uh, lack of attention translate to his patient care. And I'm telling you, wasn't good. I am unapologetically passionate about my job. I take pride in the way that I write my reports. My passion for it and attention to detail allows me to feel that pride. But don't get me wrong, pride isn't the driver of my actions. My passion is. Pride is the byproduct of a job well done. The system that I'm about to share with you will add value, I hope, and if you implement it, it'll help you introduce some consistency into your documentation, and as a result, your reports will become more professional. It's certainly helped me to do that very thing. And even though I'm sure a lot of you out there might already know about this documentation model, I'd still like to share it with you now. It's called the chart method, and it looks like this. Chart is an acronym that stands for Chief Complaint, History, Assessment, Treatment, and Transport Transfer of Care. Now, that might sound like chat, right? C-H-A-T-T. <laughs> but uh, if you think of treatment as like R-X, right? Like a prescription, medical shorthand. So just think of it that way. Let's break down each of these elements, shall we? So let's start with C, right? Chief complaint. This is the main reason that the patient called 911. This is the number one thing that's causing an issue. Sometimes the patient can't even tell you what it is. So it's up to you as the medical professional, to identify what it is that they're complaining about the most. So an example of this section in my personal EMS report might sound something like this. Ladder 264 dispatched for 47-year-old male with chest pain. Upon arrival, Ladder 264 was met by RP, who led us to the master bedroom where the patient was found lying supine on a bed. Patient was ANO times 4 and stated that he's had, quote, crushing chest pain, for approximately 15 minutes. Now I'm going to give a little example for each of these sections, and then at the end we'll piece it all together so you can see how it all flows. But let's move on to the history section. This section is where you dive more into the history of the present illness, along with the OPQRST and sample history. And it's also where you add anything pertinent from their past medical history. Uh, let's see, things like you know, all that, that fall into the, the sample categories. And we'll kind of, I'll, I'll give an example of that in a minute. But this section in my report might sound something like this. Patient stated that he started feeling a, quote, crushing chest pain in the center of his chest while at rest for approximately 15 minutes prior to calling 911. Patient states that nothing makes the pain better or worse and that he's never experienced pain like this before. Patient rates his pain at a 10 out of 10 and that it radiates to his left shoulder. Patient has associated nausea vomiting, but denies shortness of breath, loss of consciousness, and headache. Patient has no known drug allergies and has had previous cardiac stints placed. He's also had minimal amount of food and water today and stated that he was watching TV when the pain started. Now, there's like five things that I like to mention in every single one of my reports, and that is chest pain, nausea, vomiting, shortness of breath, loss of consciousness, and headache. Those five things I'm sure to put in every report that I write, even if the patient isn't 
complaining of them. I, I put in pertinent negatives. Like if it's a, if it's a fall and they just need help up, even in that simple call, I'll put patient denies chest pain, shortness of breath, loss of consciousness, headache, nausea, vomiting, because I want to show whoever's looking at this report that I've thought of those things I've assessed for them and they are not a factor because I'll tell you right now, guys, like I've almost been whiffed a couple times by people who have simply fallen and quote needed help up, but it turns out they were hypoglycemic or they've been having uh, a heart attack for two days. Like those are actual scenarios that, that, that almost got me. But if it wasn't for this system that I apply to every, I apply this approach to every single patient that I, I come in contact with, if it wasn't for following this system, I might find myself at the mercy of the court or without a paramedic cert. So do right by yourself, do right by your patients and implement a system that will protect you both. Anyway, moving on to the A for assessment. This is where you document the details of the primary and secondary assessments, and you can include everything relative to why they called as well as any additional pertinent negatives, kind of like the pertinent negatives that I just added or that I just shared with you. This is where I list the working differential diagnosis, and this section could sound something like this. Vitals assessed and EKG 12 lead obtained. Hypertension and tachycardia noted. All other vitals were within normal limits. 12-lead EKG confirmed STEMI in 2-3 and AVF, indicative of an inferior wall MI. We moved lead 4. We <laughs> That's actually V4, and I get on my students for that. We moved lead V4 over and confirmed STEMI on the right side as well. Patient meets STEMI criteria. And so for those of you, I'm not sure if everybody out there uh, knows what a STEMI is or does like EKGs or whatnot, um, that stands for ST elevation myocardial infarction. So those paramedics out there know what I'm talking about. But anyone else out there, when I say the word STEMI, it's like an acronym. We love, 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 love our acronyms in, in EMS and FIRE and the medical community, right? Like literally the chart method is an acronym itself. So the fact that we inundate ourselves with uh, all of these acronyms is no surprise. So whenever I say STEMI, that's what it stands for. ST elevation myocardial infarction. So anyway, moving on. Treatment. Remember, this is the like the RX, right? The R, big R, little X. Treatment. This is where you state all of your treatments and interventions that you've performed, as well as the patient's response to said treatments. It can be a general overview or as specific as you want it. Now, personally, I keep it focused on the significant things uh, that happened as the documentation of the vitals and everything. Uh, all the trends are already in the report, right? They're already in like the, the digital system that you're working in. And if you're not working in a digital system, I mean, like I said, it's up to you. There's probably those little bubble sheets that you might still be filling in for vitals and whatnot. So you just have to, or you just have to like put in what you feel is important, obviously. So uh, in the fictional example that I've been giving or using, this section might sound something like this. Patient was given high flow O2, IV was established, uh, 
250 ml of normal saline fluid challenge administered, heart rate decreased, aspirin given, and fentanyl for pain. Nitrates were withheld due to confirmation of inferior wall, right-sided STEMI. Patient's pain went from a 10 to a 7 with the initial dose of fentanyl. Patient was secured on the gurney in a position of comfort. And finally, last but not least, T for transport slash transfer. And this is where you state who you gave verbal report to once you get to your destination, as well as any changes that may have happened en route. This is where you wrap things up after you've transferred patient care and you're no longer responsible for their continued care. So this section may sound something like this. Patient was monitored en route without difficulty. After reassessments, patient condition improved with added treatment and continued administration of fentanyl for pain. 12 leads performed every three minutes to monitor STEMI status. Excuse me. And courtesy notification was made to the receiving facility to activate a STEMI alert. Report was given and care was turned to Nurse Fuller upon arrival. No further patient contact. And what I like to do is I like to end it with my initials. So just so that there's kind of like a, a trail for who has touched the report or who has uh, written the narrative. Um, I've looked at a bunch of other people's digital reports that they've posted in the system and they like, it'll tell you who the author is uh, based on who's logged into the system. But personally, I like adding my initials in the, um, in the narrative just to add like that two layer confirmation that I was the one who wrote it. So there's no question. Um, and I've been consistent in that throughout my whole career. I put my initials at the bottom, um, just to make sure that, that if I do, if a call does get, uh, stuck out or does stick out and gets reviewed or whatever, if they look at the narrative and if it says that I was the one, even if I'm the one logged in on the tablet, but someone else wrote the narrative or charted the call, they can see that the narrative structure doesn't follow my typical consistent pattern and, and it doesn't have my initials at the bottom. It might not have any initials at the bottom or maybe someone else's, I don't know, but look, they can, the quality control can look at my report and know, Oh, Ryan didn't write that report because it doesn't follow his consistent pattern, his consistent system. Uh, the chart method doesn't follow his system. So we know he didn't write this report. But anyway, that, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about consistency. Um, so let's put all these elements together so you can kind of hear what this whole report, this whole like fake report sounds like, shall we? Ladder 264 dispatched for 47-year-old male with chest pain. Upon arrival, Ladder 264 was met by RP who led us to the master bedroom where the patient was found lying supine on a bed. Patient was ANO times four and stated that he's had quote, crushing chest pain for approximately 15 minutes. Patient stated that he started feeling a, quote, crushing chest pain in the center of his chest while at rest approximately 15 minutes prior to calling 911. Patient states that nothing makes the pain better or worse and that he has never experienced pain like this before. Patient rates his pain at a 10 out of 10 and that it radiates to his left shoulder. Patient has associated nausea vomiting but denies shortness of breath, loss of consciousness, headache. Patient has no known drug allergies and has previous cardiac stents placed. Patient has also had minimal food and water today and stated that he was watching TV when the pain began. Vitals assessed and EKG 12 lead obtained. 
Hypertension and tachycardia noted. All other vitals were within normal limits. 12-lead EKG confirmed STEMI in leads 2, 3, and AVF, indicative of an inferior wall MI. We moved lead V4 over to the right side and confirmed STEMI on the right side as well. Patient meets STEMI criteria. Patient was given high flow O2, IV was established, aspirin given and fentanyl for pain, nitrates were withheld due to confirmation of inferior wall right-sided STEMI, patient's pain went from a 10 to a 7 with the initial dose of fentanyl, 250 milliliters of normal saline fluid challenge administered, and heart rate decreased as a result. Patient was secured on the gurney in a position of comfort. Patient was monitored en route without difficulty. After reassessments, patient condition improved with added treatment and continued administration of fentanyl for pain. 12 leads performed every three minutes to monitor STEMI status, and courtesy notification was made to the receiving facility to activate STEMI alert. Upon arrival, report was given and care was turned to Nurse Fuller. No further patient contact. Keep in mind, guys, this is just my approach that has worked for me for the duration of my career. I'm not saying that you have to use this system. I'm sharing it with you because the students I teach who are going through paramedic school have continually asked me about my system and want me to share it with them. So I thought I'd share it with you as well, right? If you've got a current system that works for you, then that's great. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Keep consistent. But remember, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our systems that we have in place. So make sure that you have a system in place and make sure that you are consistent in operating under that system. Exciting things are coming, guys. I know I've mentioned this over the last couple episodes, but I'm going to keep mentioning it. I'm going to keep talking about it because I'm really excited about it. I'm looking for up to 12 people, specifically from you listeners and supporters of the show, who would be interested in meeting with me via Zoom on a weekly basis in order to refine and well actually establish and then refine the systems that would help us become the firefighters that we would want on our crew. But not only that, these systems would help us become the spouses, the parents, the friends that contribute to a community that we aren't just a part of, but a community that we're actively building through our actions. And I'm calling this group of people the Forge. This is where we take daily actions toward improving in four different areas of our lives and hold each other accountable in those areas. If you're interested in becoming a part of a more focused group of people looking to make progress in their personal and professional lives and work with me personally through that system, please reach out to me on social media or email me at ignitedff at gmail.com and I'll add you to the list. Like I said, I'm limiting this first beta group to 12 people, and the people who join early on are going to be locked in at an introductory rate. We'll get rolling the first week in July. I look forward to seeing you in the Forge. I really appreciate those of you who listen to and support the show. Some of you are very consistent out there, and I will be reaching out to you soon. I, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. I appreciate how you download, you share, and you support the show. Uh, if you, if you would, please, please, please go to wherever you listen to the show, give it a five-star rating and review. And what that does is it helps me get more exposure so we can share what it is we're doing, trying to build the community that we're a part of. 
but not just build the community that we're a part of, make it better, right? That's the goal, to take what we've got and make it better for those upcoming. That wraps it up, guys, for this episode of the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Click the link in the show notes and be a part of the growing community by joining the Ignited Firefighter Facebook group. This is where I will announce a ton of things that that are coming up, that are going on. Um, I might jump in and do some lives every now and then. I still need to uh, whittle out the time for that. My schedule has been jam-packed. But anyway, I want to make you guys a priority. You guys are a priority to me, and I'm actually going to be out of the country for the next uh, 12-ish days. So I'm recording this one early and scheduling it so I can remain consistent. Uh, But anyway, join the Facebook group. This is where we can all contribute and share stories of what new things we're learning, along with anything else you want to share or inquire about. Thanks again, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.